So equity markets have bounced back, having spent a large part of the session on the back foot. It was actually the release of the FOMC minutes that's pushed them higher. So what was said to give this new ground for optimism? Also, we'll look at the RBNZ yesterday. They didn't just push up rates by 50 basis points. They've also got a much higher terminal rate in mind. So where does it all end? Certainly the focus seems to be on going faster, as though faster rate hikes will catch the inflation genie unawares. It's a theory. It's also Thursday, the 26th of May, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, after yesterday's fall in equity markets, of course today they are back on the rise with a 1.5% lift in the Nasdaq at close, 1% for the S&P 500, 0.6% up for the Dow. The Eurostoxx 50 is up 0.8%. The FTSE 100 uh, is a half percent up today. Bonds haven't moved very much, though. Down one basis point for 10-year Treasury yields, two basis points higher for yields on two-year Treasury notes, and just a couple of basis points up for UK 10-year gilts and two points lower for German 10-year bonds. Uh, the US dollar is back on the rise, 30% of uh, uh, on the DXY against a half percent fall in the euro and a 0.4% drop in the Japanese yen. The Aussie dollar is down about 0.3%, but the pound has managed to climb 0.4% this morning. And oil firmly on the rise today, about 0.7% up for Brent crude, 0.9% for WTI. Brent is around $114 a barrel on that, just a bit over that. So these gains in equities, it has been a very choppy day. Uh, the S&P 500 was up 0.9% at one stage, then it fell below yesterday's close, and now it's up quite a bit more than that 0.9%, 1% up now. So what is going on? Here's Nabs Rodrigo Catrill in Sydney. Uh, that second rise can almost certainly be accounted for because it happened so soon after the Fed minutes this morning. I mean, we said yesterday that there probably wouldn't be much in it because, you know, the, the Fed speakers have been out in force, so there's not much to surprise but there again, it just needs to reaffirm what we thought and have a look. The market still seems to react to it, even though we knew what it was going to say. <laughs> Morning, Phil. Um, um, well, I suppose a little bit that the Fed minutes always have uh, something for, for everyone because there's so many comments about so many people that many, some and a few say one thing or another. Uh, but certainly the, what the market's kind of been caught with uh, and, and really focus on is that um, the minutes really confirm that, that, that there's a broad consensus within the Fed that uh, they want to see, you know, 50 basis point rate hikes uh, both in June and July. Um, now, the, the other sort of bit that it becomes a little bit more sort of grayish in terms of interpretation is that there's a, there's a clear consensus for the Fed to move very quickly or expeditiously um, towards somewhere where neutral is, and that's, um, you know, you know, around two and a, two and a half percent, uh, and for the Fed to kind of uh, take a pause and have a look around and see how things are and how the economy is performing. So that is giving uh, the, the equity market a bit of a boost. Um, that despite the fact that we've seen a lot of comments about concern about the rise in inflation, um, that the Fed is looking to pause sometime later this year. Um, right. And so that's the hope because normally you wouldn't expect, you know, uh, uh, equity investors to be saying, oh, goody, you know, uh, rates are going to go up 1% over the next couple of months. Uh, normally it would be quite the opposite reaction. But they, I mean, obviously they think, well, they're going to do that and then they're going to pause and the hope is that that's, that will actually fix things and inflation, because obviously they're worried about inflation as well. So the question is, which is the, uh, the less of the two evils? Yes, yes. Um, but what is, what is unclear, and this is about, you know, the guidance, is that, you know, there's a sort of implicit assumption, if you like, by the equity market that, that they will pause. And now that, that con- is, there's, there's a condition about pausing, and, and that condition is that we need to see signs or clear evidence that there's a, there's a need in inflationary pressures. 
And, and that is an inflationary pressures arguably needs to be really significant material given how elevated inflation is at the moment. So a decline from 8% to 7%, in my view, is not going to cut it. Uh, you need to see something, you know, potentially, I would say, below 5%, and with expectations that it will continue to decline towards, you know, somewhere below 3%. Um, so I think we, we're a long way from there, and, and the risk here is that, you know, the Fed, as many have been saying, many F F Fed speakers have been saying, that there may well be a need to move above neutral in order to contain those inflationary concerns. Yeah, well, that is what the RBNZ is saying, isn't it? So we had that half percent rate rise yesterday, but 4% is what they're aiming for. Now, that is a big move up from earlier indications. So that is uh, well over the, the, the neutral rate. Uh, and, uh, you know, but again, but again, I guess the hope is, I mean, because they're also saying, well, we're going to front load that as well. So, you know, another 1% added over the, over the next few months. And what impact is that going to have on the, uh, on the, the local economy there? Well, I mean, this is this is kind of a, a very important message, I think, not only coming from the RBN said, but arguably what Fed Chair Powell had been saying, you know, a couple of weeks ago. They see inflation as the major concern. And then in order to tame inflation, the Fed, and now clearly the RBN said, have said that they're willing to take the pain and the growth pain that that implies. So uh, we've seen that uh, a big increase in terms of rate hike expectations by the RBN said. And of course, that's going to hurt the economy. And, and uh, our you know, colleagues in New Zealand have agreed that this is going to slow down and, and potentially you know, bring the, the New Zealand economy towards a recession. But it's the path that the, the, the RBN said is going to take because of that concern around inflation. And, and to me, that's the risk that's probably not fully priced in terms of what, what the Fed has been telling us. Uh, um, so we need to watch what inflation is going to do over the coming months, and that, that will be very important. And so just to really emphasize what's going on in, in, the, in the U.S., you know, the market is well-priced for 250 basis point hikes. So that's June, July. Then we move on to August. And I think that will be very important because there's Jackson Hole, and that typically, you know, there's a big sort of naval gazing exercise and, and Fed Chair Powell will tell us, uh, you know, conclusions from that gathering. And then September will be super important because uh, we're also going to get new forecasts uh, from, from the Fed. So if in those forecasts they don't see inflation coming down, then pricing expectations for, you know, moving well above 250 by the end of the year will, will, will certainly um, become very, very likely. And is it wage push inflation that is the big concern now? Because we were talking yesterday on the on the podcast about you know how there are signs of uh, of weakness in demand. You know and we're seeing that in the numbers coming out of the US, and we can talk about some of the, the second level data as well in in, in a bit. Uh, but you know also inventories, uh, retail inventories going up as well, and we've seen uh, you know uh, the reports from from companies saying, well look, hey, we're going to miss forecast. So is the concern now really more about labour supply? You know, less about companies not being able to meet demand. It's it's more about uh, keeping wages from getting out of control? Well, I would say that that is part of the question, but not, not all of it. Um, there's clearly broad signs of inflation, you know, the supply chain issues um, affecting mm. but inflation. If demand is, but if demand is weakening, then that's going to bring that down, isn't it, ultimately? Well, I mean, maybe yeah, not so enough, that, that's another thing that I, I you know, it's a really interesting analysis that uh, um, some guys have done, so I'm not going to claim, um, you know, credit on this, but the issue of demand, uh, you know, weakening, in particularly in the U.S., is actually, it depends where you look. And, and you talk about the retailers like Target and Walmart uh, warning um, about the decline in, in demand or the inability to pass on higher prices. But that was very much about goods, not services. Yeah, so that's the one point to make. 
Now, the other one that you uh, you haven't mentioned, but you have mentioned in the podcast before, is that commentary coming from the banks in the U.S. You know, the banks are saying everything is dandy, everything is super fine. You know, J.P. Morgan and Bank of America are saying they see the consumer in extremely rude health, you know, and with high levels of savings and, you know, credit is growing and so on. So that sort of angle from the banks, at least, is, is saying the consumer is doing fine. Now, the retailers, some of them are saying they're not doing fine, but it's, it's, it's more to do with the goods. So it's that shift that Tapas has talked about, you know, the shift away from demand from goods towards services. Well, services, of um, course, I the, the, the expense for services, obviously, is people. So again, you know, it gets back to that question, is it about, you know, trying to restrict the number of jobs to try and keep those wages down? Because inflation for services, okay, there's some imports and there's some supplies, but a lot of it is the labor costs, isn't it, that you've got to keep under control. Yes. But also, but yes. also on the retail thing, so Nordstrom uh, gave a uh, you know a, a better than expected forecast, a very positive outlook uh, today. In fact, their share prices are up thirteen percent this morning. They beat their Q one sales expectations, uh, and uh, you know they're, they're expecting uh, a better outlook in the future as well. But they are a high end store, you know, and we yes. know people who've saved uh, are people who are well off, and we've got this growing divide. So is it any coincidence that it's the Walmarts that are saying, well, we're suffering, uh, whereas Nordstrom uh, are, are doing well? And, you know, maybe we can test that theory because fairly shortly we get results from Macy's on the one end and uh, Costco and Dollar Tree. So we can test that theory a bit. Yeah, that's right. So that, that that's what is coming, you know, tomorrow morning. Uh, so mm. that will be very important because – I think you, you spot on in, in terms of the other angle about this demand story is, is about, you know, the, those that have been able to actually save, which is the, the more sort of the in the high end of the income uh, ladder. And, and those that are on the bottom one um, are actually not don't have the savings and have been affected by the, the, the increase in the cost of living more so than others. So um, and again, place to the view that this whole demand story it's, it's, it's weak depending where you look, but it's still strong depending where you look. Like, you know, mm-hmm. holidays, travel, they're still doing well, like Disney and, and uh, air tickets and so on. They're still in high demand. So, uh, but it's, it's more like the lower end of the income side that we think uh, are going to be in trouble. And the prospects of further rate hikes is, is going to make it even more challenging. Right. So uh, at the risk of being uh, labelled a raving socialist, isn't this the time then for a bit of fiscal policy to try and uh, address that? You know, it's, 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 the, it's the government that's got to do something about that rather than the central banks. Uh, you know, but uh, no sign of that happening just yet. You would have thought, actually, uh, with the government in, in charge in the United States, but of course they'll be saying, well, we haven't got the money to... to well, I mean, they are trying to do a lot of things, right? The, 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 the introduction of those uh, release of reserves in oil, uh, they move lower in some tariffs for which China as well is aimed at reducing, taming that inflation. Um, mm. So where they can, they're certainly doing. And the question is whether they can do more. Yeah. Now, look, we have had a bit more data. It, it's, uh, again, not great. I mean, it's, generally, the data is, seems to be on the downside. So durable goods orders month on month. If you take out defence from 1.2% in March to 0.3% in April against expectations that it would be rising by 1%. And uh, mortgage applications, surprise, surprise, down 1.2% last week. Refinancing uh, down 4% because, of course, higher prices less turnover, higher rates, 5.5% for a 30-year mortgage now. No wonder people want to put their wages up. Yeah, yeah. So so here's the thing. So we've certainly seen that evidence of a slowdown in, in the economy. Um, and to some extent, you know, you could argue the Fed wants to see a slowdown because of those, those concerns about inflation and simply the fact that 
supply cannot mean cannot meet the current demand um but that that's the risk of of you know over tightening or the risk is that we're failing to see a more severe slowdown uh, and therefore we lean in too hard towards something that is already taking us where we want to be so um at the moment that the numbers are just a, a, an early sign uh, you know durable good orders durable good orders are still rising it's just they happen to be rising at a slower pace than expected. And, and it's just at the beginning of, of potentially a new trend. So we'll probably need to see a couple of more months to really confirm that there's something here uh, that is clear and evidence of a, a more severe slowdown. Right. New Zealand pushing hard. Uh, the US possibly are. Uh, the ECB definitely not. But at least there is some growing consensus now that, you know, they will get out of negative rates by by September. No quantitative tightening, one thing at a time, but at least there seems to be some agreement that they are going to lift rates. Yeah, so the quantitative tightening is is an interesting one because um, clearly no quantitative tightening, but certainly an end to Q, QE uh, by, by June. Uh, and then uh, what the ECB has said in, in many occasions is that they see quantitative easing as a tool that can also give you that price stability or stability in markets, particularly, you know, when you think about the peripheral uh, debt uh, against the core, so Germany versus, if you like, Italy and, and, and Spain and Portugal, for instance. So we might see a little bit of comment around that in coming months that they, they can, may still look to use quantitative easing or, you know, the buying of bonds to, to create a little bit of stability in the peripherals if necessary. Uh, but certainly the, the view in terms of uh, rate hikes is that they, they want to get to zero or just above zero in, in, in a hurry. Uh, the question really is where, where do you go from there? Um, and whether, you know, the, the ECB will look to, to tighten a little bit more. And again, the emphasis here, just like in the Fed and, and the RBN said, is about inflation and the, we need to get those new forecasts in June, and that will set the tone in what to expect over the coming months. Yeah. Hey, maybe they'll buy some uh, Hungarian bonds uh, then just to keep the Hungarian sweet because they are uh, saying, Eshel von der Leyen has been saying, you know, we're going to reach an agreement on a Russian oil embargo uh, possibly as soon as next week. This is the European Commission meeting next week, uh, but they've got to get Hungary on board. So uh, it's going to be, I, I don't know if they'll pull that off or, or not. Uh, Davos, uh, George Soros in Davos. Uh, didn't have a particularly positive outlook on the world, it's fair to say. China's zero COVID policy, he says, is going to push the world into a global depression. He might not be wrong. But look, at least there's some acknowledgement now coming from uh, China's president that things aren't as good as they might have been letting on. Yeah, uh, China's premier, uh, Li Keqiang. Yes. um, um, And I I think that is actually a super important story. This is something that we've been highlighting in terms of the slowdown in China, which is significant in our view. And also the idea that uh, this slowdown this time, unlike what we saw in that decline in March 2020, is not going to be followed by a V-shaped recovery, uh, simply because China uh, not only has been, um, you know, the, the level of, of stimulus is nowhere near as, as powerful. And secondly, um, they still haven't got a vaccine. So th- this idea that they will reopen and the, the economy will just explode into a huge you know, rebound uh, is very unlikely because of the level of restrictions that are still currently in place. And, and we don't see those restrictions being removed very quickly until there's a solution to, to the vaccine and to the zero, zero COVID policy. And at the moment, you know, the best thing we can say that we're probably months away from something concrete to, to happen in that regard. So the China slowdown now today is relevant 
but it's not going to be reflected in, in the global economy potentially in two months' time. You know, uh, we saw those big improvements or, or relatively good PMI numbers coming, particularly from Germany and the manufacturing sector. We think that the challenge is really going to be what those numbers look like in, in two months' time. Well, you know what? George Soros is less concerned about that because the other thing he said in Davos is that uh, Putin is going to send the world into World War Three. So, uh, you know, that's it for everybody, really. I, mean, I was a bit depressed reading that story, but as I scrolled down and read it online, uh, there was an ad featuring a picture of a fluffy cat. And uh, that made I was uh, that made me feel a lot better. I focused on the cat, less on the story. Uh, look, today uh, we get the Q1 capex figures for Australia. Big question here: Are we investing in the future or not? Yes. Uh, so the capex number or the the survey is important because it has that that number in terms of the quarter on quarter gain or, or loss. Uh, uh, and and one line, the equipment, plant, and machinery line in in that survey is the one that fits into the GDP number. So. That's important in terms of what to expect for Q1. Uh, but perhaps more importantly, from our perspective, is um, the survey in terms of CapEx intentions for the next year. Uh, so the good news in the last quarter was that we saw a bit of a ramp up in terms of uh, investment uh, plans for, for 2023 uh, and part of 2022, of course. Um, and it will be interesting to see whether we see yet not only those numbers being confirmed, but even better, uh, you know, intentions of further investments, which will be encouraging for the outlook right okay we also get uh, uh, sentiment readings for italy they're probably not too happy about uh, the way things are going but quite happy about where they live and what the weather's like uh, the uh, <laughs> second read of the us q1 gdp numbers the uh, weekly jobless claims the kansas fed manufacturing index pending home sales for april as well it's sort of second tier data uh, we call it but yeah i think anything is useful right now isn't it to add to the uh, the great picture of what's going on we'll take uh, what we can uh, but we'll leave it there for now good to talk with rodrigo we'll catch you again soon thanks cheers phil i don't know what it is by the way talking about fluffy cats whenever i pick up a cat i always look like a bond villain i don't know what it is about me that's it for today i'm phil darby for now back again tomorrow morning see you then